Hi, fam. I'm Katie. And this is Ginny. And And we we are are the Gabby Gabby Girls. Welcome back to another episode of Gabby Girls. This is some Friday energy for your Monday. How are you today, Ginny? I'm good. Happy freaking Friday and happy episode 12. Crazy. How exciting. Three months of content. I know. How silly is that? I know. So silly. And we're just so thankful for everyone that's like along for this ride. We're still so shocked that people listen to this, but yet so appreciative. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for being here. And please stay. Yeah, please. Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your mother. (laughs) Your mother. (laughs) So how are you? How's your week? (laughs) Good. Really good. Um, So I think this is my second week in the house. We, um, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but we haven't had a washer and dryer that's worked. So we just got brand spanking new washers and dryer this morning. They are immaculate. They are beautiful. They have light switches. Like they have like lights inside, both of them. Oh my God. So when you open it, it illuminates all of your clothes. So you can see all the things that like, you know, the socks that get caught in the back. I was, I'm shocked. Wow. So it's a front loader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had to do, yeah, we had to do a front loader because we're going to put like a butcher block across the top. So we have a folding station there. Love that. So your laundry doesn't even have to leave your laundry area till it's ready until it's perfect yep and um so i've been you know we've i feel like my neighbors probably think i'm crazy because i've been wearing the same like two pairs of shorts and shirts for the past two weeks and i've just felt like a gummy person so i did so much laundry (laughs) today i'm on my fourth load (laughs) um we're going to i was gonna ask you how many you've done four four yeah (laughs) so we're gonna have clean sheets tonight we're gonna have clean towels for when we shower and then i have like we're starting because our clothes got so dirty oh my gosh we're facing right now so i can't show you the photo but i took a photo of my clothes so people can see that i'm not over exaggerating how dirty our clothes were like black like truly black god so is there an update on all of your like anything that's going to happen with your stuff or not really yet no update unfortunately um i don't think we've heard from the uh like the insurance company or anything from the moving company so yeah it's just kind of it's on pause but we're just trying to like move forward and live our life yeah one day at a time i just sent you the photo of the Wait, okay, let me see. Jesus fucking Christ. And that's like just like a nice cute like skirt. Mudding. And that's everything. Yeah. So yeah. everything looked like that. Yeah. So we're, I have to wash every single piece of clothing before it goes anywhere. So. Wow. That's that's sad. I'm sorry that happened. All weekend. That's my only job is to do loads of laundry. So you'll be doing loads all weekend. Literally. I cannot wait. Um, how are you? How is everything? I'm good. I'm actually right now in Arlington, Virginia. My sister lives right outside of DC in Arlington. And I drove here with her on Tuesday. I drove the whole way. That bitch never got behind the wheel. She took a couple naps. She listened to a podcast with her headphones in. (laughs) Yeah, but it was fine. It was fine. The drive was fine. I listened to a whole season of Let's Not Meet, that podcast which is my favorite. And yeah, it was pretty smooth. And I also kept thinking the whole way. I'm like, thank God I'm not in a Tesla because if I had to stop every, I I was clocking it like every hour and a half, I'd be like, Oh, I'd have to stop. Mm -hmm. 
Miss. I don't know how you survived that. I know. It was really miserable. I told Boyd that and he started laughing and he, yeah, he he's like definitely envious that you were able to go 500 miles on one tank of gas. Yeah, my car made it the whole way. It's crazy. Like we stopped for Starbucks and then we I did stop right before it got dark to put gas in my car like just in case, yeah, of but course. I yeah, but when we were at that point, I had like over a quarter tank left and then it took a quarter of a quarter, an eighth of a tank to get the rest of the way. So it was pretty wild. That's really like, good. Damn. I cannot wait to get a car. I'm starting to like look at which ones I should get. So I'm very excited to like have a gas car that doesn't need to be charged all the time. Right. I, I love my, I, so I drive a Jetta. I love that bitch. My mom drives a Cadillac and every time I drive it, I'm like, this is so bad on gas. It's like, I, I feel like I have to fill it up every couple days. It's crazy. My car is like once a month. I really love sedans, but Boyd wants, so we have like the Tesla crossover, the Y, so it's like a small Mm. SUV and it's just not big enough like for instance, like road trips or for like transporting our, so it just gets a little tight. And so he would like me to get kind of like a bigger SUV. I would prefer a sedan. So I'm in between a Volvo and like a Mazda. But like the Volvo, like the the Atlas, the bigger ones. No, 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 no. The um, like the X X four or like the X. Oh my god, Volvo Atlas. That's a Volkswagen. Yeah, that I'm thinking of. I don't know why. I just in my head when you said Volvo, I thought Volkswagen. No worries. No. Okay, so you're thinking like the the hatchback, like the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they're so expensive. They're like a minimum thirty grand, and I just don't want to spend that on a car because like I don't. I'm not going to drive it every day or if I do, it's going to be like so quickly to the gym or whatever. And so, and for like upkeep and stuff like that, I think I'm probably going to do a a Mazda because I was obviously doing a bunch of research and Mazdas are the cars that hold their value the best right now. Oh, Mm -hmm. I, I would have never guessed that, but that's surprising they've that's good to know I feel like they had like a total rebrand a couple years ago because my dad has a Mazda like randomly he got a Mazda sedan and I love that car and so that's like why I even was like oh I should check out like a Mazda SUV and then I did research and research told me that they're phenomenal cars to have and they really hold their value so I think I'm just going to get like their CX-5 which is kind of their like mid-size SUV okay I like how they name things just number lettered numbers well so it's it's convenient it's like it makes sense in my brain because the smallest suv is cx3 and then the cx5 Mm -hmm. is mid and then the biggest one is cx9 so i'm like okay i can understand that as we get higher it gets bigger yeah i like that that makes sense it's easy to wrap your head around you know when most cars are like toyota corolla toyota you know it's like i don't just give give me some real info here (laughs) or even like the freaking mercedes like what's like a what's a c's C300 versus an E300. Like, why is, you know what I mean? Like, this just, it doesn't, nothing makes sense for cars to me. Yeah, I'm not a car girl. I'm not either. And then, like, Mazda has, like, sport, touring, and then grand touring. And you would think sport would be, like, the bougiest one. It's not. It's, like, the most basic version. And so the grand touring is the one that I want to get because it has, like, leather interior. What does touring even mean? I don't fucking know. Aren't they all touring? Isn't that the job is to tour you around? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Isn't that the whole point? I need you to tour me. I would think sport. I would think sport would be that like nicer. Yeah, because I picture like a sports car. Yeah, right. That, like but. yeah, with like leather interior and like maybe a couple upgrades. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna look for a CX-5 Grand Touring, and I don't care if it doesn't need to be brand new. It can be like a 2018, just as long as it has like backup cameras and like low mileage. That's all I care about. 
So how soon are you looking to get a car or are you just, is it not a huge priority? I would say probably in the next month, just because I want to let the dust settle with how much money I've spent in the past like month for moving. And then I'm going to actually make a budget for myself for the first time, just because I have like a lot of financial anxiety just in general all the time, whether or not I have money or not. Like I always have money, but you know what I mean? Like just, yeah, it's like a deep something that weighs on you majorly. And so I want to create a budget and really kind of give myself parameters on how much I can spend in my life and then how much I can spend on my car and then kind of go from there because my like the worst thing I could do for myself is to get a car and then be stressed every single month when that car payment comes out. Yeah, like put yourself in a position where you're not sure if you can make it work. Before, yeah, and I don't it, it's not that important. So that's why I'm like I really want a Volvo, but if it's going to make me stressed out, why am I going to put myself in a stressful position for a car that I'm going to drive like a couple times a week? Right. Yeah. Like you work from home too. It's not. The gym is 10 minutes away. I've got a Pilates studio across the street from me. So three minutes I could walk there if I wanted to. And then my grocery store is um, three minutes away too. So what's your grocery store? Publix? Yeah, but it's mad expensive, dude. It's freaking crazy. Every, the groceries are expensive. It's honestly unbelievable. I can't even tell you. We spend probably $1,200 in groceries a month. Yeah, I believe that. For two people. And granted, like, we eat every single thing that we buy. Like, we do not throw out food. I cook five nights a week. So sure that, like, maybe that is good compared to eating out more frequently. But I am flabbergasted every single time we go to the grocery store. Well, I also find that everything's more expensive every couple of weeks or, like, every couple it months is. or whatever. It's, it's Prices just keep going up. A pack of butter is like six fifty at, at Publix. Yeah, that's freaking crazy. Like I remember when we were a kid, they were like it was two fifty, three bucks. Like three bucks was expensive. That was like Lando Lakes, and that was like oh, pricey. Yeah, that like ooh, let's splurge. <laughs> I yeah, I feel like when we were kids, like my mom would go and spend like two hundred bucks on groceries and like complain about that. Now I'm minimum is like two fifty, and then we're usually closer to three hundreds for two of us. Yeah, and you don't even have a. It's not like you're feeding a family. No, I can't imagine. Yeah, that's – I went to Trader Joe's – I'm just, th- like, thinking about pricing and all that. I went to Trader Joe's today with my sister, and it was, like, $150 yeah. for – I mean, we got a – we did get a ton of stuff that will probably feed us for a week. But still, every even the prices there have gone up, and that – Trader Joe's was always so reasonable. Like, their chicken, everything is just through – my sister was like, let's not get the chicken. It's expensive. I'm like, okay, but we do need some protein, so let's get the chicken. <laughs> Like we need the, we need the chicken, but everything is so expensive. Mm-hmm. No, it is. So I, I you know, um, so funny that you said that Trader Joe's is the less the least expensive, and I agree it is. And I looked into that. I was like, how can they be so cheap? And it's because normal grocery stores, I think have I think it's twenty five thousand products per grocery store. So like twenty five thousand different types of items in Trader Joe's. There's usually like three thousand. So instead of like seventeen, you know, or fifty types of cereal, they may have. 15. Right. And so that's how it's they're able specific. to keep their prices. So yeah. And I love all their stuff. Like they're, I'm a Trader Joe's hoe. Like that's where I'm at. Me too. And I love it because I know what I like and I know what to look for. Their aisles are pretty much the same in every store. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't go there if I'm looking for, I don't know. There's reason, there's reasons to go to the regular grocery store. Like, yeah. For they're like my things, base one. I go and get like the like the stuff like you know like weekly necessities and then I go get like specialty items from Publix or or Sprouts or wherever else um for like 
curry paste. Oh, I fucking love sprouts. I love sprouts, too. Did you have a sprouts in Philly? Mm Mm-hmm. We didn't go, though. I got it Instacarted once or twice. We would really go to, um, have you ever heard of Wegmans? I'm sure you have. Oh, of course. I, there's, I mean, I haven't been to Wegmans since I lived around here, actually. Mm. It's yeah, expensive. Wegmans is the best. But it's nice. I think it's, it's less expensive so than nice. Publix, though. Yeah, it's humongous. So I wonder how that works, because they have a lot of items. Tons. Oh, my gosh. I saw a Winn-Dixie in Point Beach that I have to go to, just for, like, the history. <laughs> right. Yeah, there was a Winn-Dixie right by my apartment in Tampa. And they had, at Winn-Dixie, they always had the best meat selections. Mm. Like, you could buy those. I mean, not that I ever did, but you could buy those, like, tomahawk steaks. Yeah. Things like that there. Well, people said that, like, the one... Sorry, we'll get off grocery store talk in a minute. Um, People said that... Just one minute. (laughs) Yeah. That the Publix sub or hoagie or whatever you call it that like their sandwich bar is apparently like elite and so when i went in the other day i saw it had like a line of probably 20 people waiting to get sandwiches and i was like it must be great then they're insane like this is not something that you should be eating every day obviously but the chicken tender sub from there will knock your fucking socks off all right. They chop the chicken tenders and mm-hmm. then you can have them tossed and if you want to. Like you can have them tossed in buffalo, tossed in whatever, and they put it on the sandwich. Wow. Fuck. Damn. All right. Yeah. Next week when I don't want to cook, I'm going over to my local Publix and I'm going to get myself a sandwich. You should. We used to go there before the beach like every time and get subs and Genius. Whatever, bring them. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. So I have a I have a I had a weird situation here. Um I I feel like hopefully there will be enough stuff to talk about this with, but I'm going to give like a little suburb update if if it's applicable per episode, because it's okay. my fir- first time living in the suburbs. Like, you know, as we talked about, I grew up in the middle of nowhere and then I moved to college and then I lived in Center City, Philadelphia. So I've kind of had like one extreme to the other. And so now I'm somewhere in the middle where I've got neighbors, but I'm in like a very quiet cul-de-sac and then I've got kind of businesses and stuff a few minutes away but you know my neighborhood is very neighborhoody um Kate's in the burbs I love it honestly it's really nice (laughs) um so the other day uh sometime over the weekend Boyd was working in the garage I popped inside to probably start cooking dinner and I heard him talking to someone and so I stick my head out and there's a woman in my garage with Boyd and she looks a little flustered I'm not going to judge her but she looks a little flustered and she basically tells me that her dad died that day and he used to own the house and she lived in the house and she wanted to come and look at our pool for the memories. Okay. When, how, I have a lot of questions. When did she live there? How long ago? I don't know. Oh, uh, before 2018. Like, I think she, I, cause it's a timeline of the, like the owner before the people that just sold her. The previous I think owner. so. Yeah. The people that just sold us the house, I think right before that. Okay. Uh-huh. So did you let her? We did. She smelled like alcohol. She looked frazzled. And she I think her, probably having a rough day. She was having a very rough day. And I think her husband knew how fucking crazy she sounded. Cause he didn't get out of the car at first. Cause she, and she was like, my husband's a big guy. I didn't want you to be scared. Boy, just like. Okay. Boyd's like, okay. Yeah, all right, buddy. <laughs> so we didn't let them in the house. We just took them around, like, the side yard. And, like, they just, like, stood on our lanai. And they just looked at the pool. And they were like, everything's so different. And we were like, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. You know, it's been, like, a significant amount of time. So hopefully things look different. 
And then they like told us so all of our um, sliding glass doors have like dog scratches all over them. And they were like, yeah, those scratches are from our dogs. And we were like, oh, so you owe us three sliding glass doors. You want to pay now or you want to pay later? <laughs> like how hard does a dog have to scratch to scratch a glass door? And why is your dog outside so much? Like, geez. And That's then, sad. That's not something to like brag about. Yeah, no, it wasn't a good look. And then like they literally just looked at the pool for like five minutes and then they just turned around and walked away. Wow. How, like, I just, I, Boyd and I were, like, we were miffed. We were so confused. Like, we talked about it for, like, the whole next day. We were like, what the fuck was that? Like, why didn't you look at photos to evoke memories of you and your dad? Like, why did you just show up to our house? Like, that's really peculiar. And then to just be like, I want to look at your pool. Like, I, I know. I like, what a- happened at the pool that was so significant, but not yeah. the rest of the house? Right. It was so weird. It was so weird. And so Boyd was like, that's it. We're getting cameras. Like, what if they're casing the house? And I was like, they would have bought the house if they wanted the house. It was just for sale like two months ago. You know, like, come on. Yeah, unless they couldn't afford the house. Yeah, I don't know. But so that was like. Again, the- prices have really gone up. <laughs> oh, my God. They've So some of my neighbors have lived in this neighborhood since 1987. And like, I don't know how much they paid for their house, but it was probably like 30 grand. Yeah. Right. Like if they moved out, they couldn't move back. Mm-mm. Still strange. And you should get cameras regardless because Florida is a wild place. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like my weird suburb moment. And then like other neighbors coming up, which is fine. But this lady just showed up at my house on like a Sunday afternoon. It was very peculiar. She's like, beep, beep. Give me the pool. I was like, go away. <laughs> so are any of, have you like not necessarily made friends, but have you had any good conversations with any neighbors, like anyone that you that are nice and you like so far? So they're all old. All the old ones come over and introduce themselves. All the young people don't. It's so funny. It's like such a, like a joke. Right, like the young people keep to themselves and the old people are like, welcome. Right, and I'm like, I want to talk to you young people. Like I love the old people, but like young people come at us. Um, so we met Alan who lives down the road and he declared himself the neighbor, the mayor of the neighborhood. And maybe Alan can set you up with some younger neighbors. I don't know. He loves to chat. I can tell you that we're <laughs> definitely like the talk of the neighborhood. Like everyone is like, so we heard you're doing a lot of work on the house. And we're like, who did you hear this from? Like, I am so confused. I know probably a lot of action doesn't happen there no and like I feel like there's like must be like a newsletter that we're not part of that they're all talking about the comings and goings of our house right they're like they got a new washer and dryer today people because we've had con- they got a new fridge we've had contractors here all week like every single day and so I, you can definitely tell like I notice a couple people walk because there's no exit to our street you can only like it's just a cold attack and so we've i've seen people just it's like a dead end yeah, yeah. i've seen people just walk by our house purposely and then turn around at the end of the street and walk by just to like get a look-see of what's going on okay well welcome to the suburbs because that's how it is it's so <laughs> like, funny people are nosy people are bored they like to know what's going on it's so funny so yeah, yeah. that's the suburbs it's great though so quiet like the, the flora and fauna are insane. Like just like seeing all the little lizards is such a joy for me. It's so funny. Yeah, there's so much life outside. There's so much life every everywhere you turn. Mm-hmm. There's something going on. I'm really have happy. You seen any snakes yet? No snakes, but um, we have um. Did you have them where you lived? They're like the ibis. They're little white birds with um like y- yellow or pink beaks, and they walk around in flocks and they like eat. Oh yeah. They eat lizards like they are like fun to look at. They're so cute. And so I'm going to start getting mealworms, which they eat. And I'm going to put them in our lawn so we can encourage them to come to our lawn to help with like the pests. That's like Mm -hmm. one of my goals. Yeah. Like you don't need those lizards in your home. So if they can eat them. (laughs) Good. 
there's also so many. We found them in our house the other day. I was like, how did you get here? <laughs> I know. When I remember when I lived in Florida, there was always little lizards in the house. Or I'd find them dead, like, next to my washing machine. Like, why? First of all, why are you flocking to the washing machine? Right. No. Mm-mm. Okay. So, I've prepared Ooh. something for today's episode. I'm excited. Tell me more. So, I think in, I don't know, was it episode, like, four or five or something, I talked about kids that remember their past lives and I promised I would do some research and so I finally got my ass to it and I did some research are you ready I'm ready okay so there was this boy named Ryan Hammonds and he was born in 2004 in Oklahoma to his parents Cindy and Kevin and he had um some like uh problems with his adenoids so he wasn't able to actually speak for like when he was like two and three and so when he got them removed at four he started talking in, in full sentences and was able to like fully communicate. And so that's when he started telling stories about his last life. And he would tell his mom, like, mommy, I think I've been here before. I think I've been here before. And he would even make comments of, I want to go back to my old house. It was so much bigger than this one. I miss my swimming pool. This house doesn't have a swimming pool. And he started telling them that he was from Hollywood and how he desperately wanted to go to Hollywood. He would beg his parents all the time to take him to Hollywood. And he talked, he said that he had three adopted sons and that he lived in a big house with a swimming pool on a street that had rock in it. He talked about how he had girlfriends, how he um, he went to the beach. He loved sunglasses. He was like obsessed with sunglasses and um, that he had a job at an agency where people would change their names. And this went on for a long time. And his mom, there's interviews. So you actually can go look up the footage if you want. Ryan Hammonds and NBC did a whole special on him and everything. So he, his mom was just like, there's, this is just not normal for four-year-olds to talk like this and to be coming up with these elaborate stories with these details and to keep reiterating how he wants to go back to his old life over and over and over again. He talked about how he traveled to Europe and he sailed to Europe. He went to Paris and he knew the Eiffel Tower before even knowing the Eiffel Tower. Like what four-year-old just knows the Eiffel Tower? He said that he had been married five times and he basically would just like outline this very amazing life that he believed that he had had. So he started having night terrors and he would wake up um, like clutching his, his chest and gasping for breath as if he couldn't breathe. And so then his mom was really kind of at, uh, she was worried and she really didn't know how to, to help him. So she went to the library and she started bringing home books about Hollywood. And one day they were flipping through the pages and they were in a chapter about um, this book called Night After Night, which is a Mae West film. And I didn't know any of this. I had to look all this up because I'm not, I, like we know, I didn't grow up with TV. So I certainly didn't know about movies in the, like from beyond 2000 um yeah so so it's they were true. flipping through this yeah it's very true um so they were flipping through this this chapter on night after night and he stopped and he pointed out a photo of the movie black and white photo and he said that's me and they unfortunately in like the notes of the book it was an extra and so there wasn't a name for the cast member or whoever he was claiming that he was but he identified as this person in this. So Cindy reached out to Jim Tucker, 
who is a psychiatrist and the director of division and perceptual studies at the University of Virginia Medical School. So Jim Tucker has done a lot of work on reincarnation and people that remember their reincarnation. And he's very, very interesting. So if you're interested in this topic, he is a great resource to look up because he is like technically like the, the most expert on it. He had been approached shortly before Cindy reaching out to him by a TV show to document reincarnation. So he told once he talked to Cindy and he he talked to Ryan and he heard all of his his recountings of his life. He told the TV show. The TV show flew Cindy and Ryan, um, who I think was four or five years old at this time, out to L.A. to try to identify. And they they came up. The TV show did some research and they had a person that they thought Ryan was. And so they brought him to his house to where he frequented. his favorite restaurants and it didn't really trip any memories for ryan so like based on the things ryan had been saying they were like this is who we think you were yes yes okay and like a whole tv show is like documenting all of this so one of the houses that he did recognize belonged to this actor wild bill elliott who i've never heard of before but he was in the night after night movie that ryan said that he was in so that was a connection so that he flew back to Oklahoma, they were a little stumped, and then they hired a film historian who, a- after hearing all of Ryan's recountings of his life and all the details, he kind of put two and two together, and he, de- he determined that the name of the extra was Marty Martin, who was an actor turned film agent. And a couple years, I think probably a year later, Ryan and his mom fly back out to L.A., they go to Marty's house and Ryan recognizes everything. He knows everything about the house. Oh, I have the chills. I have chills too. <laughs> so over the years of Ryan talking about all this, Cindy had kept a journal of his his statements and his ideas and beliefs and all this kind of thing of his life. And basically they were able to verify that out of the 230 items that um, that Ryan said, 25%, 55 of them were correct. 15 or 6% of them were incorrect. And the majority, 140 of them were unverifiable. So who is Marty Martin? Marty Martin was born in Philadelphia in 1903. His parents were Ukrainian Jews. And then in the 20s, he went with his sister to New York City to go on Broadway. And he was um, a tap dancer. So he tap danced on Broadway. And there's photos of Marty Martin tap dancing on Broadway. He then like made his way to to LA. It's a little murky because of the early 1900s. No one was really documenting things. And that's where he was born to a different name. I can't remember what the other one was, but he changed his name when he was in LA to Marty Martin. And he tried to become an actor and he didn't really do great at that. And so then he changed to a talent agent, which is where he became very successful and made a lot of money. Now, if you remember in the beginning, I said that Ryan said that he lived on a street with rocks in the name. Marty Martin lived on Roxbury Lane or Roxbury Drive, pardon. Mm-hmm. He sailed to Holy Europe shit. four times. He traveled all over Europe. He saw all the sights. He married four women and only had one daughter. But his last and fifth wife, just like Ryan said, he adopted three of her children, all boys. And they took his last name, which he was very adamant about that he had three sons with his last name, Martin. And 
according to Marty Martin's death certificate, it said that he died at 59. But Ryan disagreed with that. His whole life, he kept saying, he made this comment. He said, it's so funny that God lets you get to 61 years old and then he turns you into a baby again. Oh. They they thought Ryan was lying or, or incorrect. And they actually found out that the death certificate was incorrect. And Marty Martin actually died at the age of 61 from leukemia on Christmas Day in 1964. <sighs> mm-hmm. Wow. And then it, the craziest part is when he says, then they turn you into a baby again. Yeah. Wow. I also have to say, thank God that he was turned into a baby again with the mother that he had. Because a lot of mothers, especially at that time, would be like, stop talking about that instead of, you know, bringing home books about Hollywood and actually listening to the kid. Mm -hmm. And she talked about it. She said, I was raised Southern Baptist. This is not something we talked about. This is not something that's accepted. But when your kid is this adamant and he just keeps talking and talking and talking about it, you have to listen. Right. And when you're when you're that little, it's like you you don't just pull that from nowhere. You're not making things like that up. It's right. And that's People tried to kind of claim when it was happening that she was feeding him information and just everyone was like, why would, first of all, how is she just choosing this random man to give him this yeah, information? she's like, you're Marty Martin. <laughs> and what four-year-old is going along with what their parents say this much? Right. Like most four-year-olds are like, mommy told me. Or they, you know? they just ignore it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they just talk about what they want to talk about. Like, there's no way that a four-year-old is, like, remembering that I had five wives and I had three right. sons f- and I lived. Children are very honest. They're not. Like, if they heard yeah. a story, they'll say it's a story, you know? Or yeah, mommy and daddy them. told me. Yeah. At some right. point, that will come out. Yeah. And so I watched Ryan's interview and the interview asked interviewer asked him, are you happy that um, this happened to you. And he said, yeah, I am because I get another chance to do life right. And he basically alluded that he didn't put love and his family first as Marty Martin. And he wanted to do that this year there in this life. I don't know Hence where the he five is. Wives. Who, mm-hmm, yeah. Have you seen any interviews of him as older than a kid? Like, I wonder if he still remembers things because I, I know a lot of kids, when they start to grow up, they lose those memories. Like the farther mm-hmm. away they get from the other side, yeah, you know. they usually do. So I bet he probably remembers like the things that were talked about on the interviews. And I, there's actually a book that I want to read by, um, I think, by his mom. Um, I I didn't see anything. He probably wanted to get out of the limelight because like who wants to be known as like the kid that had another life, especially like going through like middle school and high school and stuff like that. Right. Like um, he wants to be his own person, I'm sure. Right, yeah, like he's no longer Marty Martin, he's Ryan Hammonds. <laughs> yeah, you were sent here for a reason, not so you could relive Marty Martin's life. Right, so yeah, that was just something that I had, oh, I wanted to talk about, it's something that still interests me, I'll do more research and see if there's other people that, um, you know, have such vivid stories like this, but Ryan Hammonds is just a really interesting case, and we'd love to know if you believe in this, do you believe in reincarnation, do you believe in past lives, like I certainly do, I know Ginny does, so tell us your thoughts, because... It could be controversial, I guess. Oh, it's definitely controversial. I, so I had this boyfriend in college who was very religious and he did not believe in this kind of stuff. I like you and I have always believed in this. <laughs> We've always talked about this and like the other side. And I just remember he would shut me down. If we, if we started talking about it, it would like kind of weird him out, which is fine. Like I'm not going to, I'm not pushing anything on anyone, you know, I'm not 
just not that kind of gal. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people really are like adverse to the idea that this is true. But I just have so many experiences in my life where I'm like, or people that I have relationships with or that I know that I'm like, we've done this before, you know? 100%. 100%. And like, I don't know what, like the purpose is just for us to live once and then just die and be nothing. I don't know. I just believe that we're way more spiritual than that. Like we got to give ourselves more credit. Definitely. Like, I think it's kind of like levels, mm-hmm. levels of a video game. You yeah, know? no, I, I totally believe that. I believe like, I believe every life you're supposed to like learn or grow or be better. And, um, I think if you don't, you have to redo it. I think, you know, you can kind of be stuck in like a purgatory of going through the same shit over and over and over again. And I think there's also consequences. I think if you were like a really bad person in one life, I think your next life is like, I think you're set up with some hard cards. Hard. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I, okay. So this just reminded me, I after I graduated college, I was struggling just with, so it's funny in the last episode, you had asked me like, did you struggle with existential things like that? And I don't anymore. And I haven't for a long time, but I used to really struggle with that. I was like, after you asked me that, after that episode, I went back and I was reading some of my journals. Cause I've always journaled. So nice. Really putting that out there, but I've always journaled. Yeah. So I went back and I read some things and I totally did like, I, I was having trouble sleeping because I was like, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? I don't know if I'm around the right people. Like, is this the right job for me? I was struggling like existentially. Just what are we here for? What's the purpose? All of that. Mm. And so at that time I started like seeking out psychics and I saw two psychics and the first one was, I don't know, probably Right. Nothing to write home about. But the second one that I saw, I saw with my friend Vicky. And so this was actually Vicky's reading, but I was in the room with her and like I was working from home. And at this time I couldn't like get off work at four o'clock. So Vicky had the reading and the, the psychic goes, who else is in the room with you? And Vic was like, Oh, uh, my friend Ginny. And she was like, yeah, her two grandfathers are here. And it was like, she said uh, she named she named one of them like her grandpa Al is here or something like that. And it was just like the wildest thing. So then, of course, I'm in on the reading. Now it's a reading for both of us. And she had said a couple of things just about our past lives that really kind of put the nail in the coffin for me. I shouldn't say coffin because it's not it's not a bad thing or anything like that. It just kind of made like made me solidified. Yes. Thank you. It solidified it for me. Um, so I used to be scared of swimming in pools. I would only, I know, I don't know why. You, I weren't, just, you were on the swim team, were you? Or you're, yes, I was on the swim team. I would only, and the reason I was on the swim team and would swim in those pools is because it's a race to get out of the pool. Mm, wow. Like it's, it's not leisurely. <laughs> you're diving in and you're racing to get out of the pool. That's why I was so good at swimming. Cause I was like, get me the fuck out of this pool. Like not be, I'm not good at swimming because I have the Michael Phelps shoulders, so I'm sure those help. I was good at swimming because I was like, get me out of the pool. And yeah, so there's only two pools that I like to swim in. And one was Janet's pool, which is the woman who helped raise me. <laughs> it's my mom's very close friend. And then the other pool I like to swim in is I have these friends that are twins, Ryan and Robin, and their mom, Patty. I swim in Patty's pool leisurely. So there was only two pools. So she said to me, she was like, you're, you're scared of pools. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I mean, 
I guess. I don't really uh, like them. I don't them. fuck with pools, yeah. Yeah, I just don't like them. And she was like, but there's a couple people's pools that you'll swim in. And, I, and I'm in my head like, yeah, Patty Ann and Janet. Like, yes. Uh, I'm not giving her much. And she was like, I want to tell you about your past life. You drowned in a pool. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so weird. She was like, that's why you're scared of pools. Because she was like, could you tell me why you're scared of pools? And I couldn't. I still can't tell you. I mean, I'm not scared of pools anymore. I'll get in. I don't necessarily like them, but I'm not scared or anything. So it was just so strange. And then Vicky, she told Vicky about her past life too. So Vic was born in Queens. She doesn't know any of this. Was this on like Zoom or anything? Was this on like... It was a FaceTime call because it was during COVID. Okay. Yeah. And so when she called Vicky, she was like, I've been waiting to talk to you. Like I've had people knocking at my door all day, basically. And so wait, before I tell you about Vicky's past life, I do want to say there was this one, and I hope she's okay with me sharing this. (laughs) Uh, But there was this one really beautiful moment where she said, she was like, your mom used to take you to the grocery store and rub like fruit on your face peaches or something like that and I just looked at Vicky like is that true and she was tearing up and yeah it was just so crazy like something nobody would ever possibly know yeah no, Yeah, and her mom has passed her mom had passed at this point it was her 10 year anniversary so yeah so it was just like a crazy little thing it was her mom's way of like making sure that Vicky knew it was like legit because who else like you know that's not something you would pick out of a hat and say to someone to try to bamboozle them right and i also felt like it was kind of an unlocked memory for vic like she remembers her mom of course but it's these little things that you you know you forget about that are in the moment they make your life so much better and it's Mm -hmm. you know so anyways vicky's past life she told her that she it's kind of dark actually (laughs) basically she was out for a run in new york city in queens and she was murdered And then Vicky was born in Queens. Like she said it happened. She told us the year that it happened too. And Vicky was born. So it was like, I just remember thinking, how does reincarnation work? Is it like a soul leaves a body and finds a new one? Or is it like, and maybe that happens sometimes. Like they, they find the closest body or whatever, but I don't think that's always the case. You know, I'm sure it's time. And like, do you decide where you go? Does someone else decide where you go? Like, how does it work? Because we've heard, you know, little kids say, like, I chose you, mommy. Things like that. And it's like, did you? Yeah, no, I totally believe that souls choose our vessel. I do believe that. And, um, you know, time is a social construct. It's all bullshit. And so for what may have been, like, a few months for in that timeline, it could have felt like eons. And then, like, for Ryan Hammonds, his if Marty Martin died in 1964 and he wasn't born until 2004, that's, what, six years, right? So, like, maybe that felt like a day, you know, and, like, maybe his soul needed to, like, process and, like, right, learn and prepare for this next life because maybe he wasn't such a good person. But, you know, Vicky getting murdered. They also say, like, uh, traumatic deaths that are not expected. That's, like, where kind of, like, the ghost theory comes in is because you're ripped away from this this realm without being prepared for it. And so you're kind of stuck in this – you get stuck. And so – so you get stuck. Maybe like Vicky's soul was like lucky enough to be able to like kind of relocate quickly and go into Vicky. But, you know, it's I don't know. It's I wish I would love to have like a psychic on here. And also, I really want that psychic's 
contact information because I I really want to do a reading and then we should we should have her on here. We could probably get her on here to be honest with you. You got to do a reading like without me because at this point I I know her. So we we've like hung out a couple of times. She came over to my house for dinner. She I, I know her and I know that when you're close to people you can't read them the same anymore. You can't yeah. read them because yeah. you, you know too much. So, uh, but you should definitely see her. I actually, my birthday present for myself this year, because I like to do that every year is I get myself like a little gift. And so I actually booked a psychic and he was terrible. It was like the worst hour of my life. And Boyd was sitting in the room and like behind me and he's just going like shaking his head no the whole time. Because he was like, do you have a Paul in your life? Boyd was a like, Paul? <laughs> Right. I'm like, I don't have a fucking Paul. And then he's like, what about a Mike? I'm like, his name was Travis. I was like, Travis, you are barking up the wrong tree here, buddy. Like, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, but like you are not connecting or you are you are trying to bamboozle me. And I was not happy with my reading. So I need like a real psychic that will be able because I have so many dead people. That's what I was like. I was like, I have so many dead people. You can't connect to one. So she's a psychic medium. Right. She's a psychic medium. So she was like connecting to the other side and she was like. Oh, it was so crazy. Um, how did you find Travis? I saw him on Instagram and he has like hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok and Instagram. Like he's like, this is his job. And so I don't really, I don't know if he's connecting with other people. Maybe he is. I just did it on a whim. It wasn't very expensive. I just like was like, I've always wanted to do this. I don't, it's like, how do you verify a psychic? Like, I don't fucking know. You yeah, know, but like, you also don't always connect with, with every psychic. Like he could be a real psychic and he just didn't connect properly with you. Mm-hmm. He certainly seemed like he did because like when he like first got on, he was just like, you know, telling me about my energy and my aura and it just felt very right in the way that he was describing me. That may just be like a very general generalized response that he has. Yeah. Like you can read people's auras. You know, some people can you do can. that. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean that they're necessarily connected. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're connected to like your higher up or anything like that. Sure. Yeah. So I asked my, I had a massage therapist in Philly who was also like a Reiki master and he was just like very spiritually in tune. And sometimes it was so weird when, when I was getting a massage, he would like our energies would combine sometimes and like my energy would flow through him and he would like, he would just feel my energy and he would say yeah, he could like, like channel your energy. Yeah. And so I asked him, I was like, do you have any people that does like psychic medium work? And he was like, I don't, but I have a woman that does past life work. And so I was going to eventually like get around to going to see her, but then I moved here, but that's something past life work is something that I'm very, very interested in. And I would love to go through that journey. Oh, you should. There's also, I know there's people who do like hypnosis Mm -hmm. to look at past life stuff. Um, Like I would do even like, um, I would do like a plant medicine, like retreat or like a weekend and like do like, yeah, I would, I would really, that's just because my grandmother who died a year before I was born, she was like very ahead of her time for spirituality and she did past life work and I'll have to talk to my dad about it because he remembers it really well, but she even like she was like a Chinese farmer in the rice paddies once. And so she went and I think she did plant medicine. He doesn't, he didn't tell me if she was like on ayahuasca or whatever, but she, <laughs> she he left that part out. Yeah. He left, he conveniently left that out. Um, but he, she, he basically described her going through each of her past lives and she basically like walked through their timeline. And so she walked through her life as um, a rice worker. I don't know what year or anything. I don't have any more information. I wish she was alive so I could talk to her. But yeah, that's something that she was really into. So that's something I want to be into. Yeah, that's that's so cool because it's part of it's almost part of your like lineage to be interested in that. 
you know? Yeah, and my my dad's, like, biggest, it can't be a, a regret, but, like, his, like, biggest sadness in life is that she didn't get to meet me because I would have been her first grandchild. And he just said that her and I are so similar and just are, like, tendencies and just are like core characteristics and he just adored her and so like I just wish you know it's just like I'm like if I could connect with her it would be really nice yeah it would be special yeah I think that's important you need to yeah I do too because like I didn't have a grandmother on that side you know I you know I don't even know what her voice sounds like right you hear all these things and stories and you know they say you're like her but you don't even you can't even put a picture in your head of what that's like because you didn't get to meet her. Right. Yeah. And her death was super tragic. She, um, she died of colon cancer and she was complaining for years of stomach pain for years and her doctors ignored her. And then they finally found the cancer when she was too far gone and she died within a year. And so like, if she had been listened to and she was an immigrant, she had a Danish accent, like she was a woman and it was, you know, early nineties. And I'm, you know, it was like, wasn't like she was like not listened to, but I obviously didn't listen to her enough because like she could have lived, you know, she could have, she, she, she didn't necessarily need to right. die in, in, in 1994. Yeah. It's, that's really tragic. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. So hopefully I'll, yeah. So give me that psychic contact information because Gita and I have some talking to do and then <laughs> you and I should do like a past life that we can find like a past life retreat or something I would love to do that with you because that would be so cool oh my god I would I'm always down you know Hell me yeah. <laughs> and hopefully it's like, in like for anything Key West or something or like you know somewhere like around here so we can like go be in the jungle and like in nice weather that'd be really nice <laughs> I'd even go to a different country, like somewhere in South America. I know yeah. there's so, I mean, you've got to be careful, but there, yeah. there's so much spirituality down there and just, you know, in being in, and it's, it's a lot of that stuff's legal where it's not here. Yeah. Um, totally. But yeah, I would totally do that with you. Amazing. Okay. So let's turn the tides and let's talk about what you brought to the table today. <laughs> okay. I... This is completely not related. Um, I don't even know how to change gears here. I'm like, girl. I mean, it kind of is because like space, you know, infinity. Yes, true. Okay. So I want to talk about space. Uh, welcome to Jenny's Space Talk. And specifically, I want to talk about the International Space Station, which from now on, I'm going to refer to it as the ISS. So keep that in mind. So the International Space Station, station, the ISS, is basically this huge craft, this spacecraft that is in orbit around the Earth, and it has been since 1998. And How big is it? Do we know? Yes. It's about the size, at this point, it's about the size of a five-bedroom house. Okay. So like 3,000-ish square feet? Yeah. It's it's a good size. Um, it's not huge, and they've been building it in space. So the first piece that was sent up in 1998, obviously that was built on the ground. And I'm sure some other pieces have been as well. But the whole point of it is to try and build and live and work in space. So it orbits the Earth every 90 minutes also. So you can see it. Um, it's it's not, It's I want to say it's 250 miles. Look away. Above above the Earth. Yeah. Um, but you can sense. see it. And you also can connect to, like, the satellite, the radio. You can talk to them if you're so inclined when they're above you. So you can cool. track it. Um, Wait, they but, go around the Earth every 90 minutes? Yes, it's very fast. Yeah, because I saw today they go, like, 
17,000 miles per hour or something like that. Yeah, it's very fast. And there's been a crew living on it since then. And the point of the ship is basically to study and learn more about living and working in space. So kind of like I just said, that's why they're, you know, building the ship as they're up there. And there's been a crew living on it since 2000. So the crew changes out. Actually, the reason that we're talking about this is because crew number six just returned last week, just after mm. midnight on Labor Day. Um, so this ship is part home for this crew. So think, I don't know if you, anyone, I know Katie has definitely not seen this movie. Um, Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. In that movie, she lives on basically the ISS version of, I mean, she lives on the Xenon version of ISS. That's very cool. This is not as cool as that, but think Xenon. And there, it's part home, part laboratory. So the crew just returned on Monday. They landed off the coast of Jacksonville, and they'd been there since March. And crew number seven went up in August, so they did have a little bit of overlap. And they'll be there until February 2024, just for context. Okay, so... So if people have been living there for since 2000, you said, so are they going, were they going up for longer at first? Uh, yes. And also it hasn't always been like people who have gone up there haven't always been part of a crew. Like people have visited from over, from a bunch of different countries. So this also was built by several nations and is still run by that. So some of them. Hence international. Right. International space station. Okay. Yeah. So some of them include sure, yeah, the US, yeah. Russia, Japan, Europe. Anyways, uh, in April of this year. A citizen, uh, who a man who lives in Orlando, spoke at the Brevard County Commission meeting and asked the Brevard County Commission to open a full investigation into NASA's fraudulent space program, which is the ISS. So I just want to talk about a little conspiracy revolving the ISS. Now, I'm not saying I believe in this conspiracy, but... Something to talk about. A lot of people have... Yeah, it's something to talk about. A lot of people have been talking about it just because this crew just landed. Um, they just returned and the other one went up. So this is just something that's coming out. So I'd also like to add crew six went up in March. This meeting happened in April. So about a month after. Okay. So and I also want to add in Brevard County is where the NASA's Kennedy space center is held, which is the main launch site and research facility for NASA. So he I'm just going to give you like basically his points and tell you kind of what he said at this meeting in front of the commission. So he has said that. So also the ISS provides live feeds. You can watch them. You can see what they're up to. You can communicate with them. Um, they're always posting videos and whatnot. So he said that during live feeds, the use of harnesses, green screens, wires, and virtual reality have been detected. So he has some examples from things that have happened in the ship and things that have happened outside of the ship. So on moonwalks, I'm going to start with in the ship. So some examples are astronauts fading in and out of the screen. So like they kind of just disappear slowly while they're still there. It's not like they, they moved rooms or something like that. Um, grabbing at objects that aren't really there. So reaching for things and holding on to things that are, there's nothing in the video. Pulling on invisible wires, so you can see them. There's video of them. Basically, it looks like they're pulling on a wire and moving themselves towards something, but there's no wire in the video. It's it's mm -hmm. cropped out. Um, getting entangled in each other's harnesses, 
And some astronauts have, the way that they were disappearing from the screen, appearing. So space isn't some magical place where you're appearing and disappearing. And basically his point on this is that if they're really up there, why are they using special effects to fake footage or parts of pieces of footage, you know? And there is all video of this, um, which we can post. Now, some things that have happened outside of the ship or during moonwalks are air bubbles have been recorded on several occasions. And like how? They're in, they're in space, in a vacuum of space. Um, and two astronauts have nearly drowned on a walk when their helmets filled with water. Like, are they underwater? So I also want to add that these astronauts train in an underwater facility. They train in an underwater pool with an ISS replica. So he thinks that they are filming there and then editing it to look like they're in zero gravity space. So when there's these wires and these harnesses, he's saying that they're not in a zero gravity location. They're being held by harnesses and wires. Uh, And it costs $3 billion a year to run the ISS. So his whole point was, what, what are we spending $3 billion on if this is all fraudulent? Right, as a taxpayer, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And the footage is kind of jarring. Like, when you look at that and you think that these people are in space, and then it's like, but how could that, how, what, something's off. Hmm. And I, I do believe, you know, that the ISS is real. Obviously, you could see it. Right. Often every 90 minutes if you choose to, but, but yeah, this is just kind of crazy. And then you see the footage and you're like, wow, that's interesting. And I do would like to add that this man is said to be a flat earther. Like he's a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. So take it with a grain of salt, but then, you know, you see the footage and it's like, well, he didn't make that up. Right. Yeah. I'll have to look at the footage because it's hard to, understand just with the way not that you just like not i'm not coming at you but like the way that you described it but the way that he described it like with like the fading in and out um i went diving once i scuba dived and i did feel like it was the closest thing i could ever feel to zero gravity besides being in zero gravity you know like it is really that kind of feeling of like if you breathe in you go up and if you breathe out you go down right yeah Mm -hmm. right but just Remember also, like, they're in a ship for most right. of this. yeah. So they're in a facility underwater. Now, when they do the moonwalks, which they are practicing in, we know they practice in water. So to see, you know, their helmet fill up with water, it's like, well, yeah, because you could be underwater. That's where you practice. Right. And like you said, you know, it, it is similar to zero gravity. You breathe in, you breathe out. It affects how you move. Mm-hmm. Your buoyancy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he's saying that basically they're using their practice facility footage from there and saying it looks like they're in space and saying they're in space and he doesn't think that they are. Obviously, he's not the only person that feels this way, though, correct? Oh, yeah. This is like a big thing on the Internet. And it has been for a long time. Hmm. That'd be really crazy if they're just duping us all. And like, I know. Well, and I guess I just like, what's the point that they just that we haven't gone to space, but we want to, or we go to space sometimes, but we don't actually have, like, what do you, what do you think? Like the end game, let's say he's correct. And this is a, like, this is a correct conspiracy. Like what's the end game of the government faking us out? I don't know. Like for money to have control. Cause like, we're going to pay taxes no matter what. For sure. You know, like, it's not like, 
for sure. <laughs> it's not like if the ISS isn't here, we're not paying yeah. taxes. They're still getting our money all the time. But so, so one other conspiracy we've talked about a couple episodes ago was Project Bluebeam, where basically they're trying to set mm-hmm. the world up for some sort of invasion. Invasion. Yeah. yeah, whether that's like having to do with God or having to do with aliens. And this does kind of align with that just to make it seem even more like, oh, we're in space. So this could be happening. And there is a ship in space. I just, this conspiracy is whether or not there are actually people on it. Right, all the time. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so segue, but similar. Do you feel like we are going to see the end of Earth as we know it in our lifetime? I'm ready for anything. I just based on the way everything's going right now, you know, if if you just live at home and you go to work and you do the things you're supposed to do and you don't go on the Internet and see all the things that are happening, then maybe you would have no clue that we're probably closer to the end of the earth than we think we are. But as a person who, yeah, follows you know, the weather patterns and all this stuff with the government and conspiracy theories and aliens and just all of that. And I, international news on top of that. Right. Too. I do think that there is a high chance that we will see something of the sort. I do too. I really do too. And that's, that's like why I'm kind of um, in like the no kid zone for me because yeah, I really do believe that we are on the kind of like the precipice or we're going to see deterioration of society or our world i think our world i think the earth is at a breaking point and that's why we're having so many natural disasters all the fucking time um i just i wanted to talk to you about this because someone who i work with literally brought it up because she she asked me she was like you know moving to florida are you guys gonna have kids and i was like no the world is shitty and she was like seriously she was like i literally would feel guilty bringing a kid into this world right like, now can you imagine What's it going to be like in 10 years from now? Your kid's 10 and where are we going to be? Like, I, no, we don't I know. even know where we're going to be next year based on the temperature of the world. Well, and, and honestly, the I think I really became solidified in this this opinion is because of COVID. Like we saw COVID take over the world and change our society in a matter of days. Yeah, it happened really fast. And um, in college, I was selected to be the ambassador of my college to go to um, this uh, TED Talk. And the person who was speaking was this man named Ted Koppel, who used to be a journalist, but he also is just a man of the world. And he wrote a book, I think it's called Lights Out. And it's basically about how fragile our electrical grid is. And if, and it's like, literally, it's so, mm. it used to be like a big red button where you could like turn the grid on and off but now because we are all on the cloud and it's become very like uh internet based he has said that if russia china hackers whoever chose to hack our electrical grid they could turn it off in a matter of hours and could you imagine let's say new york without that would be traumatic well it would be catastrophic sewage yeah going in to the streets no water, no power, no heat, no AC. It would cause mass chaos within minutes. People would be rioting. Even like the traveling, you know, like the metro system. It would and all, all shut down. No, things yeah. Things like that. It, it yeah. would not be existent. It would be all shut down. Yeah, that's... And when he talked to about that, and I listened to him, and then I, I was lucky enough, I, got to sat next, I sat next to him at dinner, so I was able to pick his brain, and I really talked to him about it. His school of thought was really just a matter of time. 
And that, that conversation changed my perspective on the world because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't think that the quote unquote strongest nation in the world, the powerhouse of the world has such a fragile Achilles heel because truly if they wanted to shut off the power for, let's even say the East coast, easy, people would riot, people would die. Millions of people would die mm-hmm. just because we saw how s- scarcity mindset affected our society when COVID was happening with like toilet paper and, and garbage, uh, uh, paper towels and stuff like that. And how nasty people became because they didn't think they were going to be able to like wipe their asses for two weeks. What would they do if you didn't have water coming out of your spigot for days? Right. Like even I think, you know, sometimes when we have a bad snowstorm, you know, in New Hampshire, we lose power. Not for long, usually. I mean, the max has probably been a couple of days. You typically still have water. And mm-hmm. without that, that is completely, life is completely different, though, without water. Yeah. And, but people still panic. They, they go crazy because yeah. you can't do anything. Mm-mm. Did you ask him what, when he, like, what his thoughts on were? Obviously, you know, you said like it's only a matter of time, but did he, does he have like, did he have a prediction or anything? No, he just said like the, obviously the US government is very aware of how fragile their system is and they've got a lot of people who are defending our electrical grid. And I, I think it was like last year in South Carolina, there were actual physical attacks on the electrical grid and people were literally going to like what I don't even know what they're called, like the electrical circuits that are like, for a town and they were going there with baseball bats and destroying it and that turned off the power for a whole town for multiple days like you could physically attack it doesn't even have to just be some cyber yeah doesn't even have to right you can like literally just go physically attack and you could just break down some wires and break down some you'd have to you have to be strategic but like if people were able to organize for like six months and come up with a plan like you could do some real fucking damage and i'm sure people are doing that have been doing that you know like ready ready to pull the trigger or you know have that baseball bat (laughs) yeah the baseball (laughs) bat whatever it may be but i'm sure that someone somewhere has that plan ready for action and on that note we hope you have a great monday (laughs) (laughs) not trying to scare you just trying to inform you That's another episode of Gabby Girls. Thank you for listening. Make sure to comment, rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know what you think of us and the topics we talk about. We're not for everyone, and that's okay. Bye, Jen. Love ya. Bye, Kate. Love you more.